Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we thank you for gathering us here this morning um, as your people in church. We thank you for um, the fun games that the Sunday school kids got to be a part of this morning, Lord. And um, Lord, we thank you for uh, preparing this fall as a time for us uh, to be challenged in our faith to grow um, and to seek out your will and your purpose for our lives. So we pray, God, that you would begin that in us today and continue that work in us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to see you all today. Um, Andrew, one of the pastors here. And um, the first thing I want to talk about before I dig into the message for this morning is this congregational survey that you've been hearing a little bit about. How many of you saw that email this week? Raise your hand. Good. A lot of you saw that email. Um, this is something that we would like every member of Emmanuel to do. Uh, this is going to be an important thing to help us discern not, not just who we are, but where God is calling us to in the coming weeks and months and years. And so uh, there's a stack of these. It looks just like this, one piece of paper, front and back. And this gives a little bit of backstory about the, um, the visioning exercise that the council has been working on for a few years now, something that was disrupted by COVID, um, and then they've been picking back up in the last few months. So uh, this gives a backstory. So the first page explains how we got to this point, why we're doing this survey. And then the back is the survey. It's just one page. And so uh, we are asking you, and council is asking you, to take some time and do the survey. It's easier for us if you do it online, because we can sort all those answers digitally before we print anything off. Uh, but if you prefer to do the paper version, please take one of those in back. There's also some out in the lobby. And we're just going to manually enter everything that you do on paper into the digital survey anyway, and we'll have all our information in one place that way. Um, but this is not a transition survey. Uh, I know that question has been asked of our council as well. Um, oftentimes, in a time of pastoral transition, we do surveys uh, for the congregation to figure out some good next steps. Um, this is not that. There will be other opportunities to give input on that in the coming weeks. Uh, but this is a very important piece of the puzzle as to where God is calling us to in the future and how we can make decisions today that will help get us there and help us achieve God's calling on Emmanuel Lutheran Church, uh, these people together here. So, very important. Please grab one of these on the way out or go back to that email or you can find that link in our e-news for the coming couple of weeks. And it will be cut off on, I think, September 23rd. We want everything in all the survey responses in by September 23rd so that we have time to process that. Um, and then coming up after that on October 2nd, there's going to be a town hall meeting after worship down in the sanctuary led by John Rathmaker, our council president. Um, and that will be a great time to start giving input and feedback and then hearing about some of the responses that we have to this survey as well. So take time for that. It's valuable. All righty. So today we're starting our series, Joining Jesus on His Mission, How to Be an Everyday Missionary. And if you're wondering what's that all about, read it again. It's about joining Jesus on his mission. It's about how we can be everyday missionaries. Um, what is a mission? That's one of the questions that I think we need to talk about first. What is a mission? Because we use that word a lot in the church, don't we? And sometimes we might have different ideas or pictures that come into our heads uh, if you had a military background, you probably think of mission being, there's some concrete pictures and images and thoughts that come to your mind, right? Um, I do not have a military background, uh, but I've watched movies, and it's exactly like that in real life, right? 
So maybe if you don't have that background, uh, maybe you do watch movies, maybe you think of Tom Cruise. When you see the word mission, you think of Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. Had a student today actually bring that up as a favorite movie in Confirmation. I'm like, oh, nice. Most of the kids in Confirmation, as a side note, their favorite movie came out when I was a kid. And they agreed that modern cinema is just not what it used to be. So, so mission, it's an important thing. So there are a couple times in my life that came, came up to my thoughts and memories thinking about this. And the first time is a time when I thought I was on mission. And maybe I wasn't exactly doing what God would have had me do in that time. So when I left uh, high school, I went into college. And I went into college with this mission, right? I'd heard all about this college and how the professors in the religion department didn't really act like Christians or teach that the Bible was true. And so I went in with a mission, right? I was going to be a problem for them. I was going to, maybe the best way I could describe it today is I was going to defend Jesus against these maybe self-righteous authority figures in the school, right? And I don't know if you've discovered this in your life, that Jesus probably doesn't need me to defend him. And uh, maybe when you're 18 years old and a little bit arrogant, uh, maybe that's not a mission that you want to be taking on anyway. Uh, I don't really think I knew what God was doing in that season. And I think I kind of had my own ideas of what that mission was God had called me to. I don't think it was right. I think I got it wrong in retrospect. And I missed a lot of opportunities in that season to learn from wise people who had some really good positive beliefs about God. I didn't want to hear it. I wanted an argument. Uh, I wanted to defend my own faith. I didn't really want to hear about their story. And so I thought I was on mission. I thought I was doing the right thing. And, you know, and it turns out maybe I wasn't. I probably wasn't in many ways. Then there's another season, a little bit before that, when I um, went to Riverside for my service. I did not go to Riverside to be on staff. I didn't think of it as a mission. Um, I had had an awesome time as a camper, and I just wanted to spend a lot more time at Riverside, right? Uh, by the grace of God, they hired me to be a junior cabin leader back in 2002. And about halfway through the summer, I realized I was actually on a mission. That God had actually brought me there for a purpose and was fulfilling that purpose, at least part of that, through me and in me at the same time. And that mission to know Jesus Christ and to make Christ known to all is a mission that hundreds and thousands of young adults and college kids have been able to be a part of out at Riverside. And so there's a, there's, there's a time there where I didn't realize I was on mission, yet God still fulfilled his purposes through me because I made myself available. I was available. I was open to it. And I didn't even know I was at the time, which is great. Sometimes God works in that way, too. So according to the dictionary, a mission is this. It is the vocation or calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one. We're speaking in the context of Christianity here. To go out into the world and spread the faith. A vocation or calling to go out into the world and spread the faith. So there's a couple operative words here. The first one is this, calling. Calling. God has called us to a mission. And the mission is often influenced and validated by and maybe given by some sort, excuse me, some sort of outside authority, right? 
If you have a military background, you didn't make up your own mission, probably, right? Somebody told you what that mission was, and they empowered you to fulfill that mission. So in the case of a Christian, that authority, it, it could be God working through other people, but first and foremost, that authority is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That calling comes from God. That calling is communicated in the Gospels by Jesus Christ, and that calling is impressed upon our hearts and our minds and our entire lives by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. So calling is important. The other important part of this definition is the word go. Go, meaning that whether it's a physical journey or a spiritual journey or some other sort of journey that God has for you, the mission is going to take us somewhere. It's not going to leave us where we are right now. There's going to be some sort of growth. There's going to be some sort of movement. And maybe that is overseas, but maybe it's also just in your own neighborhood or in your own house and in your workplace because Jesus' mission is one that can and hopefully will touch every person on this planet wherever they might be. <coughs> Excuse me. So the purpose of this series then is this. It's to realize that Jesus has a mission. And not Jesus had a mission. Uh, he didn't stay dead. That's why we're here today talking about him. He rose from the grave and he communicated this mission that he had been living and modeling for his followers. He communicated it and he passed that mantle to his disciples and to the future followers of Jesus. Jesus did not stay dead and he commissioned us and all the followers before us and after us to take on the same work that he started. That's the biggest reason we're doing this series. A lot of times we view the mission of God as something that we can't really figure out or discern, and so it's hard for us to engage with that. Sometimes there's competing interests in our lives. Uh, there's things that we think we need to tend to first before we tend to God's mission for us. And other times, we just have a hard time figuring out what it is. We just don't know. Maybe we're not hearing from God. But there are going to be parts of Jesus' mission that every single person in this room can understand and engage with today, and the next day, and the next day. And we really do want us, as a church, to view this a little more simply, that being a missionary does not mean you take up everything and you go overseas. Being a missionary is something that God has called every one of us to do. We all have a circle, a sphere of influence in our lives. And we all know people who could benefit from the love of Christ, whether they know him already or not. Another purpose of this series is because this conversation is a really good one to have in smaller groups of people. Um, Christian community is very important. We spent the last half of the summer talking about that. And we were not made to do this mission or this faith alone. And what we need in terms of a healthy, Jesus-centered community isn't something that an hour on Sunday morning can fully satisfy. It's part of it. It's a good doorstep to the house of community. But we need people to walk with us and, and speak with us and challenge us in our faith. We also need to learn how to challenge other people in their faith. We need people to pray for us and with us on the spot. And we need people to celebrate with us too. 
some of my favorite small group memories from my past um, aren't necessarily the times where I needed, you know, so, some tending to due to crisis in my life, but it was times when we got to celebrate something God was doing together. That's the role of a small group as well. We need people who are willing to demonstrate sacrificial love for us in the way that Jesus demonstrates sacrificial love for us. So we have this small group launch going on, and if you haven't been around the last few weeks, you might not know that, but out in the narthex there is a table um, where we want you to sign up, and if you have any interest whatsoever in being part of a small group or learning more about small group ministry here, um, this is something that we feel God is calling us to reboot and revitalize and engage in. And so this joining Jesus on a mission, a lot of times it's not lived out in this hour on a Sunday morning. It's going to be lived out somewhere else. And that small group is a great place to figure out how we can live out our calling to be a follower of Jesus and be on mission for Jesus. And then the other purpose of this series is this. Um, I feel like the church should never stop digging into this and growing. Like, we as a congregation, we need to grow in our understanding of what God is calling us to. We need to keep growing. If we're not growing, we may not be healthy. And I don't mean numerical growth. There's a lot of different ways that a congregation can determine growth, and a lot of it isn't stuff you can put on a chart, right? Um, but it's really important for us to consider that God, in, in no point in our lives does God want us to become stagnant and wither. He doesn't want that for us. And he doesn't want it for this congregation. And so, we need to keep growing. And it's easy to summarize Jesus' mission with a few Bible verses. Um, that part's a little more easy. But figuring out how that applies to your gifts right now, and how you can use those gifts on mission for Jesus, that might take a little more work. And so we as a church want to grow in that and grow in our understanding of Jesus and his mission so that we can better recognize where he's already working around us. And go join. So that brings us to Ephesians 2 today, our scripture. And so I'm going to read verses 8 through 10 here again. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there's a lot to unpack there. First and foremost, that God's grace saves us through faith in Jesus Christ. This is a gift. We do not earn it. And so when we talk about joining Jesus on his mission and doing stuff, we're not doing stuff to earn God's favor or grace. We're doing stuff because we've already experienced and realized God's favor and grace. Our response is to what God has already made possible. We do make choices whether or not to live in that grace, do we not? And many of us have had seasons where We've chosen to focus on other things or maybe even rejected God in our life completely. But that doesn't change God's love for us. This passage also calls us God's workmanship. What does it mean to be God's workmanship? 
We are all products of God's incredible capacity for creativity, for wisdom, for life itself. And I've said this before, but I I believe it truly that God does not create us by accident, which means there's a purpose. There's a reason that God has created you, and there's a reason that you are here today to have these conversations. And then the last part of this passage from Ephesians says this, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What does this mean? It means that we were not just created by God, but that we were created for God's good works, for God's mission on earth. That that is our purpose. And these purposes that God wants to see fulfilled here on earth, those are the things that we were created to do, to be a part of that, to be a participant. We have this incredible invitation to experience the mission of Jesus in the same way that Jesus experienced the mission of Jesus. Because the same, it is the same spirit that fills us and that drives us, that enlightens us, and that keeps us going. And when we experience it, we don't just know about it, right? Our, our depth of understanding becomes greater when we experience some, something rather than just knowing about it. So <clears throat> hearing about others serving the Lord, it is not the same as serving the Lord for yourself. Can we agree that? Hearing about other people serving is not the same as serving yourself. Knowing about morality, for, exi- for example, knowing about morality is not the same as living morally. Like there's an experience, there's an application to that in our lives. God wants each of us to take on Jesus' righteousness, to experience it, not just know about it up here. And knowing that Jesus has a mission is different from joining him on that mission. Because in joining him, we answer with our whole lives. When Jesus says, come follow me, we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's our response. This is a reality that we've been blessed with, that in Christ Jesus, we are not just along for the ride, but we are also part of it. We have a holy and a divine purpose. Every single one of us does to join in the work that God is already doing here on this earth. This is what it means to live up to your God-given potential. This is where it starts. This is where it ends. And there's a lot of good stuff in between. This is what it means to have eternal purpose and meaning to your life. Being part of the family of God, knowing that God has created you, that he loves you unconditionally, and that he has life for you in this mission. In our gospel passage this morning in Luke 4, Jesus gives a piece of his mission, one that was foretold centuries before by one of Israel's prophets. This text Jesus is unrolling and reading from, he is the fulfillment to that text. Jesus says that he is anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. Maybe maybe the monetarily poor, maybe the spiritually poor. Poor can be defined in a lot of different ways, right? Jesus says he's come to bring liberty to the captives, physical captives, spiritual captives. Says he came to restore the sight to the blind. Again, physical blindness, we see that in the Gospels. We see that miraculously happening around the world today. 
and spiritual blindness so that our eyes can be uncovered and we can see the love of Christ before us. Jesus comes to bring liberty to the oppressed and to proclaim God's favor. And we could go through the scriptures this morning and we could piece together dozens of pieces of Jesus' mission based on his teachings and based on his example laid out for us in the Gospels. The things he teaches about sin and righteousness and forgiveness, those are part of his mission too. And the things that he models, the patience, the compassion that he shows towards people that culturally weren't getting shown compassion, the prayer the life of prayer that he models, and the sacrificial love of the cross. If we put all that together, I want us to realize that Jesus' mission is our mission too. If we want to know what God has called us to in Christ, then we need to better understand Jesus' life and ministry here on this earth. And so joining Jesus on his mission, this journey that we're going to go on, is exactly that. We're going to study the the greatest missionary of all time. His name is Jesus. And we're going to make connections between his ministry and his mission and his life to how we can be living out the same thing today. So how can we join Jesus on his mission? How can we naturally and fluently live out this holy calling in our lives? to go and be the truth and the love and the hope of Christ to the world around us. Today we call this Rally Sunday, and I think that phrase started back in the 70s. I'm not quite sure. We use that that phrase rally in a couple of different contexts today, right, in our our culture. Uh, One is sometimes a political rally. Other times it's a sports rally. But the idea is this. We're talking about rallying to Jesus and his life for us. We're talking about rallying behind a cause that is holy and eternal and worth it. It is absolutely worth it. Whatever God asks you to lay down so that you can take up this mission and this call is absolutely worth it. We are rallying behind the gospel, the greatest story ever told. The good news that we are saved by sin from the blood of the cross. And we are restored to relationship with our Heavenly Father. This is what we rally behind today. And the more we are all committed and engaged to Jesus and his church, the more impactful our love will be, our ministry will be to our community, the more impactful our relationships will be with one another. So I encourage you and I challenge you to be a part of it, to be here, to model living out your faith to your kids, to your family, to your neighborhood, to pray together, to talk about spiritual things together. And let's encourage one another with this gospel. It's his grace. It's forgiveness. It is what makes life bearable and gives it meaning. And let us take up this mission because Jesus' mission is your mission too. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Um, so many, so many things we can thank you for, God, but the first thing that comes to mind is that you love us enough to include us. But Lord, you have um, created us with the capacity to grow, to take on your qualities and your attributes, 
And Lord, we pray that we would do so. Lord, help us to become participants in your mission. Lord, help us to know what is your mission and what isn't. Help us to know um, where we can join, what we are joining to, what we are joining for. And Lord, today we ask um, for your grace and your forgiveness, Lord, for the times in our life and for the areas in our lives um, where we have knowingly turned away from your mission. Lord, would you give us forgiveness for that? Lord, would you renew in us um, the desire and the passion to follow you with our lives? Lord, would you instill in us a hunger for your scriptures so that we may study more and learn more, so that we may experience more the love of Christ and the mission of Jesus here on this earth? Lord, in all these things, we, um, we thank you that you include us. We thank you that we are part of your family. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.